Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Those Movie Dudes podcast show. My name is Spencer, and I'm joined by my pals Nate and John on a bi-weekly basis. And I gotta say, happy Spooktober. This is our third annual Spooktober, where all month long, all during the month of October, we watch nothing but horror films. You can go on our podcast feed and previous episodes. We've talked about a wide variety of different horror films, such as One Cut of the Dead, Hellraiser, Reanimator, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Sleepy Hollow. We even did Halloween Town High. So, I mean, we cover a lot of horror movies on the Those Movie Dudes podcast show during Spooktober. Uh, this month, we are kind of focusing on some bigger movies that we've never seen before. And we found out that John had never seen The Exorcist. So, instantly, we decided to pick The Exorcist, and none of us had seen The Exorcist 3, which has a lot of acclaim of having one of the scariest jump scares of all time, so we had to check that out for ourselves. So, this episode is The Exorcist and The Exorcist 3. Also, make sure you follow us at Those Movie Dudes on Instagram. We are currently doing uh, all month long these like Spooktober horror questions of the day. So if you want to kind of learn more about our taste in horror films, what we like, what we recommend, follow us at Those Movie Dudes and check out our stories. And also, suggest some horror films. What should we be watching? Let us know. But now, enjoy two minutes of us talking about literal nonsense. Um, yeah, enjoy. What's you know what that? we should do? Whenever we hit record, we'll all just scream at the top of our lungs instead of a clap. Mm. Ah! Ever... Ah! Like that. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what you should do if you're on a film set. Be like, hey, we got to match the audio. Okay. Can you just scream really quick? I think screaming is the way to go. Screaming is Ooh. definitely a, way, a method that I could Just like toll, boo- wor- toll booth workers. You always have to scream at the top of your lungs when you hand them the money. I've resorted to saying compliments. I try to say 10 words so they don't kill themselves. They say thank you and I just go, oh, how was your day? Oh, crap. Wrong conversation. <laughs> just not the right result yeah you speed away fucking peel out wait don't get the answer i usually well, try to like when i hand them the money i like touch their hand with my finger just so that they <laughs> the rest of their shift they're sitting there going did they mean to do that or was that an accident and they're sitting there thinking about it all day while i'm just driving putting hot dogs in people's pockets is not grounds to fire you right like you're giving it's like a free sample yeah, no yeah but I, then if they try to walk out the door they the go off Hannaford and you're putting beep, beep, hot, hot dogs in customers pockets. be like hey yeah, ma'am yeah. do you want a hot dog <laughs> she's like yeah sure just slip it into her pocket <laughs> no bun no nothing it's just a raw hot dog just there you go have a nice day oh, thank you for shopping like... at Hannaford oh and John just spilled his oh. beer or I could get What's one of those your, uh, disc guns. Okay? You know those disc guns that you can like shoot and the little discs oh, fly in the air? I miss those. That's my oh, Family yeah. Guy reference when Peter's at Cleveland's wedding and he shoots them and they just keep going into his afro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember That's that. That's what I what do to people. Just... <laughs> oh, man, dude. Have you guys seen oh. the video of the Beyblade versus the hard-boiled egg? It's like going against a humpback whale. <laughs> what are we here for? <laughs> I don't know, but for some reason, humpback whales came into it. This See, is actually what, a Disney what, Nature documentary well, podcast. We're talking about whales. I just want to know. I just want to know what was going through these scientists' minds when they named these whales: sperm whales, humpback whales. Mostly just either sperm someone whale. Would... blue whale, um, <laughs> big whale, blue, 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 the blue. biggest. I the thought biggest it first. animal on the planet. <laughs> just uh, what are we gonna uh, call it? Well, the ocean's blue. All right. Well, I'm telling you, we need to do a podcast about nonsense because it would be great. (laughs) Just nothing. I do got to say, happy Spooktober. We are one week Mm. into the Spooktoberness that we've been uh, doing so far on our Instagram at those movie dudes on Instagram. You can follow Mm. us. We're doing daily stories. So I appreciate you guys putting up with the daily questions of all these horror movies that we're doing. It's a lot of pressure. uh, It is a lot. But today was the uh, scariest horror film. It's like, how do you, you can't put me in that box, Spencer. Every morning I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever comes to mind. You got to just. But John, think of it like this. Like it says scariest horror movie. It doesn't say all time. I thought it did say. That's why I no. That's why I justified my answer because I was like pretty fucking scary. But there were some other contenders that. I've had moments where I've been terrified watching, but I wanted to say, uh, I wanted to say dark skies mostly because at the time I thought the overall concept of that film was terrifying, but the execution was awful. Just aliens over your bed trying to steal your children is pretty fucked up. 
So I almost said that, but I knew that everybody would make fun of me, so I didn't. But now you know. Nobody said anything. I don't. But, uh... You can't comment on those stories, <laughs> so no one's gonna say anything. And if they do, they're trying. I mean, you went with a, a comedy movie for your worst horror film of all time, so because it's really it, uh, well, it's pretty terrifying though. I don't even remember. Undercover what brother, scaring about it. Yoga hoser, Mr. Feather is uh, scary because it's Spooktober or weekend. This is the first episode that we're doing for the those movie dudes Spooktober uh, annual Spooktober creepy movies all month long, uh, and it was Johnny Boy's picks. You got to decide what movies we were watching. Wait, it was? Um, it was, yeah. We we gave it to you, and you were kind of like, oh, well, horror's not really my my thing, so uh, I appreciate some suggestions. Is that what I sound like? And then, That's what I, is that yeah, what I sound me. like now? And then so That's we what I hear. like a bunch of movies. I was like, yeah, I'll film on rewatching some of these, or like I haven't seen a couple of them, and you know, well, you know come, 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 come with the big ones. And then you're like, oh, I haven't seen The Exorcist uh, all the way through, so uh, I'll go with that. And then Nate and I were like, oh, Exorcist 3 is a movie we've been kind of talking about watching ourselves, so it's like, oh, we'll throw that in because we've heard some interesting things. It has kind of a, uh, it's a reputation of having one of the scariest jump scares of all time. So uh, The Exorcist 3? Exorcist yeah. 3, the, yeah. Ooh, we'll I, the I'm interested to see which one you think that is because there are a few uh, little spots. We'll get, in, you know, we'll get into both of these films, but... Uh, the, I guess the main reason we went with The Exorcist was because you had said that you had never seen this movie all the way through. Correct. Yeah. Shame. Nate and I watched this movie together one night, and he fell asleep during it. But uh, <laughs> I definitely could have used this rewatch because there were things that I was I did not remember from this movie. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into it. But yeah, yeah, you you hadn't seen this all the way through, so what the fuck? No, the only thing I knew about The Exorcist was the power of Christ compels you. And uh, that's what I was saying to my cat right before I turned the movie on. <laughs> and I was just waiting for that scene. Because all I remember is seeing it on TV a little bit back in the day. And they just say it like 40 times. I'm like, I don't think it's going to work the more times you say it. Uh, but kind of. Um, but yeah, that's, I, the, that's really the only thing I remembered about the movie. And honestly, like the makeup and the face of uh, Regan or Reagan. And I... I kept thinking she was named after John Reagan, the president, which I feel like maybe that was a popular name at the time in the 70s. John Reagan? Ronald Reagan. Reagan. John oh Reagan. Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm really self-centered because I'm an only child. I'm like, I think did all I miss presidents something? have my name. <laughs> John Reagan. <laughs> I, I'm a man John took a bullet Reagan. for John Reagan. As Reagan. So I don't John know. Reagan sleepy. Basically, what I'm trying to fucking say is all I remembered was the makeup of the girl and that line the power of christ compels you so i was excited to finally check it out again yeah er, so you had just seen scenes from like the amc horror movie marathon that they do from this yeah it was like fx has the movies amc's that yeah exactly okay okay gotcha all right interesting interesting and yeah like i mentioned that you you had seen this movie all the way through of course a couple of times yeah I, i i back when dvds were my only source of uh film that was not coasters i this is nope. when you watch DVDs. Not, yep. not coasters, not things to be thrown at walls. It was uh, something that I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. Don't step on it. Don't break That's it or anything. I just... uh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, I, I... something? Oh, no. I just remember when so Spencer would take my movies and throw them in the hallway, break the case. Most of the time it was Blu-rays, too. And, like, especially my to-do list for Blu-rays, broken. Never going to forget that you broke that case. Love that movie. Yep. But this movie, like... No, you won't. It, this movie, as well as The Shining, was one of those movies where I was like, it's so heavy in its material that it, even though you may know what's going on, a second viewing is kind of necessary just to get all the little the little pinpoint parts in the story and what they're talking about and all it gets that biblical. fun stuff. It's so, like Da Vinci Code biblical at times. But then oh. it also has like just this unsettling dread that it's just like oh this shit's about to go down and when it when it finally builds up to that we'll get into it we'll get into it i have a lot to say somewhere between science and superstition there is another world the world of darkness the one hope the only hope the exorcist Well, yeah, so, I mean, if you're living under a rock and don't know what The Exorcist is, this is 
highly regarded as one of the scariest movies of all time. And if you look at any lists that are like, what are some of the best horror movies? The Exorcist is going to pop up for you because it came out in 1973 and it just shocked the hell out of audiences. I actually watched a YouTube video of audience reactions when they were watching oh, it shit. in theaters because they had a whole like news crew that was there kind of documenting it because there was, a, I think over the uh, open weekend, Every single showing, they said they had at least like a handful of people just pass out or just had to leave the theater and like sit or down get and have sick. Like, a glass of water or get sick and vomit. Yeah, like <laughs> just because. Oh my god! Because audiences really hadn't seen shit like this before, and especially if you're very religious, this is like the most terrifying thing imaginable. And so, it pushed boundaries of horror, especially for when it came out. So, I mean, definitely watching it, John, from your perspective, from 2021 eyes, and you've seen all these other <laughs> kind of movies oh that God. up the scale mm. of horror for sure <laughs> over the year, over the years, and stuff like that. Uh, this one, I think, it just works so well because of just how real it feels. Because the movie is just really the mother trying to figure out what is wrong with her daughter. And going to all these extremes of trying to figure out just through medicine, through religion, and she's not even religious herself, and just trying to figure out, like, what is going on with my daughter, and there's nothing I can do to help, and there's nothing that can help her, it seems like. And then it's this terrifying, just demon that's possessed her and shit. I mean, a and, lot of the horror movies that you see that try to use this concept these days are just going for that sort of shock value. But with The Exorcist, I think that they actually try to create a really interesting and cohesive narrative that is it's more about that than like her puking green slime on people like it it's it's actually a really impressive storyline and like investigation to try to figure out what is actually wrong with reagan reagan john reagan reagan Reagan. john reagan so (laughs) like i i loved all the investigation elements of this movie the mother trying to figure it out like the rooms of doctors being like i don't fucking know um and then you know then they finally that in particular though can you imagine how terrifying that must have been just the 70s technology of medicine and what they were doing on like performing all the machines and and shit they were putting on her yeah and that's like in detail sequences with the neck thing oh that was oh that was i can that must have been a scene where people were If you don't like needles, yeah, they, then you're going to uh, skip yeah. a few scenes in this movie. It's unsettling. It's like no wonder people were passing out. I mean, that stuff is just so like, Absolutely. oh, God, it's very unsettling. And the machine's going all around her, taking pictures of her brain. And just, yeah, it's fucking like... What There's the definitely a few scenes where I was like, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> right. well, and that just happened. <laughs> and it's like if one thing doesn't work, they go in and it almost looked like shock therapy, where they had her there and she was sweating and shaking and she right, was like right. biting down on a mouth guard. I was like, you know, this girl is supposed to only be like 13. They were like, throwing the kitchen sink at her trying to figure out what the hell was wrong, you know? And uh, I think that that's just a testament to the, to the movie because it, it doesn't just... It takes its time in getting there, but it's like a slow burn that's well worth it. You know, if, when I was watching the movie, I'm like, this is, it's a very slow pace, but I don't mind it. And usually, it, it, you know, it really depends on the movie, but sometimes that would bother me. But this one, not at all. It's it's a it's a whole different vibe that you don't get with horror films these days. I mean, nothing really happens until like 50 minutes in is when I think Reagan first comes downstairs at the party, like pees on the floor, looks at the astronauts, like, you're going to die up there. And yeah, then, like, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> that's like the first time something kind of like unsettling happens. And so, yeah, it definitely takes its time leading up to that. But it's just, it's so good because it's so subtle. Like one of the moments that I enjoyed, and it, like nothing even really happens, but it's when Father Karras is trying, like he first meets Reagan and then he's like in the basement and the mom is cleaning his shirt and ironing it and stuff. And there's no music. There's no score. It just feels like something's really going wrong. And the mother's trying her very best to just push through it. And Jason Miller's performance in this was overlooked when I first watched it. I, I'm like, what does this guy have to do with anything? Like, he's not even, spoiler alert, movie came out in 73. He's not really the exorcist (laughs) he helps no yeah 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 but but then seeing and listening to like documentaries about it and what his character is actually going through with 
his mom and stuff. That was a lot more powerful this time around because he felt so guilty for what he did. And then he eventually let the work, the evil got the best of him. It's interesting. Yeah, it's just, only only ugh. seeing it one time. I don't really pick up on all that, you know, but there is that whole, I, I'm more focused on what's happening to the girl, but there is this whole underlying storyline with this guy and his mom and, that whole thing because the demon is trying to bring that out in him, you know, trying to mess with him and all that. What were you going to say, Spencer? Funny that you guys all say that because, yeah, th that was the storyline that I was kind of realizing on this watch. I mean, I think I've seen it three times now Yeah, uh, over the years. This is that his storyline. He was by far, I think, the most compelling character because he mm -hmm. was having his whole like question of faith and he was struggling about himself him. with the whole like it really is about the him. mother. And yeah, it's him kind of. I mean, spoiler alert as well. I mean, he saves the fucking day at the end. He takes the demon mm -hmm. in himself, and he jumps out the window before it has the chance to like hurt her, and he kills mm -hmm. himself. And uh, it was just like, he's like the most heroic character by far in the movie, and you definitely are with him for a good amount. Uh, it, it was funny, because, yeah, you just mentioned, like, you didn't really pick up on that in your first watch, and Nate also mentioned, like, he was realizing on this second rewatch. Completely agree, because, yeah, like, he was by far, I think, a very compelling character. It so also seems like that that uh, Nate mentioned this movie can uh, it conveys a lot of dread, just like Hereditary, where you kind of just feel helpless because this demon is there and like they're doing all the the chants and the and the reading the lines from the Bible and all this stuff, but it doesn't seem like it's going to change anything. Whereas a lot of these movies, you just have to say one thing from like a secret book and then it's gone. But this one, no, like it's it's there to stay. It really is there to stay, even after the credits roll. It's like. No, I I still don't feel like we accomplished much. Like people died, and it's still lingering, you know. So it, it takes it, yeah, it's different. It it takes a more realistic approach, and just all the little subtle things that just feel really intimate. Like when the mother of uh, Karis she calls him Dimmy, uh -huh. oh yeah, Dimmy, yeah, yeah. and just the nightmare sequences of like him running through the street and then you see the flashing face pop up oh and just yeah, all those fucking so weird that was a little campy that's... like i mean it's the 70s there was one scene where you i actually rewound it because it's like he's walking through a kitchen and you can see it on the oven hood and it's just like yes there all the sudden, lights go like... out for like a millisecond oh it was, yeah it was him yeah. yeah it was him right and then it was just behind him or something like it was well, slowly so that demon flash sort of. i found out is actually a recycled hair and makeup test of the demon that they were going to use it was just a really? camera test that they did and <laughs> hey, the director william freaking liked it a lot so he used it repurposed it a frame of it at that time <laughs> during the film but well, it, it's creepy yeah. because they intentionally put it in just for like what a frame maybe two just yeah, enough yeah, that yeah. people will have to rewind it and go, did I see that? Because just, I think yeah. it happens three times. Like when she's first in the hospital, when it's on the oven hood in the kitchen, and then yeah. when he's running yeah. in the dream, it's just, you, you'd forget about it. It's so quick. You'd just be going throughout the movie and then you'd bring it up and be like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And just so I, many things just it's a great story tool as well because you just know the demon's just fucking with you and he's just fucking with the audience as well. and uh, i i know that sunshine did it a lot uh the danny boyle film that takes place in space you i would know that? because i just had the fucking director commentary okay. over the entire movie and i was well, trying he, to watch they splice it in like a frame of like the <laughs> villain at times and I'm just like, wait, what the fuck did I just see? I saw something, and it was just, it was too quick, and it was like during a dialogue scene when they're eating cereal. So I was like, wait, wait what just happened? Okay. Um, but I yeah, really he, want to see that movie again. God damn it. But yeah, The Exorcist bad. was like, probably, I don't know, it was an interesting use of that. Uh, that it's demon. like subliminal. Yeah, just sub subliminal stuff that you wouldn't necessarily see, especially in the 70s. Stuff like horror movies before this, like you had Psycho and Night of the Living Dead. You had all the gothic movies. This one's like, nope, this is a everyday home in the middle of, was it uh, Georgetown? Georgetown, yep, Washington, Yeah, where it took place. And yeah, like this is happening next door. It's unavoidable. Yeah. They but set the scope really well, too, because like the, yeah. this, this the whole town and stuff, like the creepy shots, they used a lot of smoke. Like it was really well shot in that aspect just creating the whole atmosphere of the town what you yeah, the, the the whole opening too set in iraq when they were digging yeah. for something and uh, max von Sydow's character uh, father Marin, i think uh mm -hmm. he's basically just like 
an archaeologist, Indiana Jones type character, <laughs> like doing something out in fucking Iraq looking for some artifact, and he comes across whatever the Zuzu demon or what I don't know what the name Pazuzu. is. Yeah. So that item was related yep. to the demon, supposedly. Yeah, it was kind of like a mm-hmm. foreshadow little thing because then they have that moment gotcha. where they're both standing on that rock, like confronting one another before it cuts to Georgetown. Because uh, it just kind of leading to just like a foreshadow of like, oh, yeah, you're gonna have an encounter with this fucking demon. At one point, up. when they're talking, so it's like, like a ten minute two, opening, the two priests are talking right about who who to get for the exorcist themselves. They're talking about how he had a prior event where with another exorcism where it almost killed him. Was that related to him finding that totem, or was this like something that we don't see in the movie? Do you know you what I'm talking about? No, I know That's what you're talking when about. You should but, watch yeah. the second one. Okay, okay, so they have Good to know. more to do with that then. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. when I first, I remember when I first watched this movie. I thought I was watching the wrong movie because I'm <laughs> like, what? It's, before, yeah. the it's opening all scene. in Iraq. Like yeah, what's yeah, yeah. going on until <laughs> finally you get to it. But watching it this time, now seeing the other two movies and kind of understanding Father Marin's character, he gets word and he sees that little item and he knows shit. He knows what's ha- going to happen. Bad and it's just. Yeah, like he's in the middle of doing something, and it's like his call to battle. Yeah, then, this is gonna happen again. Um, and then you don't see him until like the third act of the movie, until right he there. has to come and do the exorcism. And it's it's interesting yeah. because he was forty four years old at the time, Max von Sydow, and they put him in old man makeup. So I mean, they made him look essentially he how we forty four normally this movie. see him. Yeah, I mean, he looks like basically worked. the way he normally does in all these like the current movies that he was in before he passed but uh yeah i mean he looks incredible i mean like yeah that was all prosthetics and hair and makeup to make him aged up because he was 44 when they were filming this uh so he had to do all this hair and makeup before filming and uh yeah it was an interesting choice but yeah he was obviously great in the movie but i think everyone was just fucking amazing for performance wise and especially jason miller like you definitely said uh he's overlooked he's by far i think the best performance in the movie. Uh, then again, Ellen Burson as the mom is she's pretty also good, fantastic. Because she has I that she was scene. nominated. She was nominated, yeah. Because she has that scene with uh, Kinderman, the cop, the detective, mm-hmm. uh, where she is just trying to kind of hold it together. She's trying to be nice, and then he asks for that autograph, and she's like very kind about it. But she's just fucking going through so much shit. And I just her yeah. performance in that scene in particular was like, God damn, like she is just Why does he want an autograph from her? She's an actress. She's, she's, a, she's oh, an actress. Okay. She's filming I wasn't a movie. Sure if it was due to the case or something. Oh yeah, gotcha. she's filming a movie. That was the whole party at the beginning of the director that was all drunk and tactical oh. And I mean, that was a part that I overlooked the first time I watched it because that director, he doesn't really play a big part, but he does. plays a part in the fact that like how did he get thrown out the window? And they explain it really well. Just like, how is he able to just throw himself out the window? Like, how is that possible? Right. Until you see what all happens and you're like, oh, this happened. Okay. Right. That And that didn't connect the first time. I was I just, that was when I was naive. That was a discovery on this rewatch for me as well. Because I didn't realize that he fell down those stairs and died. After that party, mm-hmm. he was drunk, and they said they found his body with his head turned all the way around. Like this is another like, guy that fell down the stairs, in, right? This is like the drunk guy they were escorting out at that party because you remember he attacks a priest at like the the kitchen or something. And okay, he attacks the butler because he's a Nazi. Yeah, yeah, just because he's, he's, like he's a German, Nazi, he like, attacks him. Yeah, and then uh, Chris, the Ellen Burstyn's character, and the other girl like just escorts him out and throws him out the the, the door and kicks him out. And and later but he doesn't die that night. He doesn't oh, okay. die that night. So maybe he doesn't die that night. But it's all in this, in a dialogue scene with Kinderman and uh, Karis. They were just talking, and he's like, "Yeah, we found him like at the bottom of the stairs, like he was drunk or something, but just his head was completely turned around." Like, and they yeah. were like, "How?" And we're like, "From there's like from the fall." He's like, "The fall, maybe." I suppose but, that can happen. Yes. Yeah, so it just adds to the whole mystery elements of this movie, because it really does try to explore every other possibility. Even the doctors are like, well, we could try this, and I guess it'll eliminate that, but like that, you can tell that they're hesitant that that's, that's not what it's going to be, you know, because they truly have no fucking idea what's going on with this girl the entire time. And I think, honestly, Linda Blair, though, the girl who, who plays 
Reagan, Regan. I'm gonna keep not she knowing. She won a Golden Globe. She was, I think, my favorite performance of the movie. I mean, just the fact that she was able to be so transformative. Was it her the entire time? It was yes. her doing all the physicality stuff. Well, I mean, I'm sure they had some stunt doubles as well during some scenes. But yeah, I mean, that was mainly all like her. The third act was all her. Voice. The, the demon was all done with the voice actor right. on, on a private recording. And that's the whole story behind that, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, she was uh, great, though. You know, just for everything she had to do. Best supporting actress. Good. I mean, absolutely deserved it. It's. I mean, yeah. for me, with child actors, you know that it's it's hard to impress me, but she certainly did. She was really this, good. This couldn't have been a fucking easy movie to do at that age. Hell <laughs> no. The type of stuff Hell that no. she had to do. I mean, there are some scenes <laughs> in this movie that are just pushing the line of gratuitous, v- but it's, yeah. Yeah. And this movie's actually very... There there's was some misfortunes on that set. Do you guys know anything about the backstory remember, about like, what happened? Yeah, I remember something about like uh something caught fire and they lost a bunch of like uh, props or some sets. They lost a bunch of footage, sets. Camera stuff maybe. Except for like everything burnt down except for Reagan's bedroom. Hmm. Okay. And they thought that was all weird. Um one of the like the radiology techs in the hospital he was a convicted murderer and they didn't find out until afterwards okay um ellen burston got a spinal injury when she got yanked onto the floor well yeah i I heard a lot of stories that william freakton was uh basically a madman crazy director yeah and like would fire a gun like next to like a guy's ear and just to get like an authentic reaction or like what a like fright. Fuck? Yeah, he Jesus would tell the stunt Christ. guys to like yank it really hard, even though when the the Ellen person was like, "No, like be gentle." They're like, "No, yank it hard because I want like the authentic reaction." Even with the 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 pea soup vomit, it was supposed to hit one uh, the guy in the chest, but hit him in the face, and they use that in the take because they just he's just it works. Dick. He yeah. wants the reactions that he wants, and so he's gonna do what he wants to do, whether that you know, crosses some legal lines or not. So there, I've heard stories way, that the director is just very uh, kind of maybe abusive <laughs> at times. Uh, so yeah, either way, it translates to a, 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 quite yeah. an impressive feat of filmmaking. Like it, it, it is, it, it really is like in, in terms of a movie that came out in the seventies, I can absolutely understand why this just blew away audiences and also made some people leave the theater. Cause it was just so insane. You know, I mean, I, I, anybody I talk to, if they're you know forty, fifty years old, they're gonna bring The Exorcist up as one of their like scariest movies of all time. You know, which is interesting yeah. because watching it now, it, it like I mean, re- just rewatching it this past week, it's not scary. I mean, I don't, no. I don't find it scary to, to it, watch it. Unsettling, I mean, maybe. It's, un- it's incredibly disturbing. It has very yeah, unsettling imagery. It's it's creepy. It's it's strange and weird. But yeah, I mean, especially I'm not religious. I mean. I just am not. I, I even when I first watched it, I remember not even being scared by it at all, but just definitely feeling like, oh, this is disturbing and unsettling as shit. But, but at that time in the seventies, and especially watching that video of audiences' reactions, I mean, this was horror that no one had seen before, and it's just kind of interesting. In that aspect, it's as interesting well. to try you to put, put yourself in the in shoes, shoes of those exactly. of those people. Like you mentioned uh, this morning, that when you saw Jaws, you were just terrified as a kid. So like. Imagine it's people. Up any type of body of water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I know exactly the feeling, too. Because, I, I mean, if you have that image of the shark below you, you're going to think of it if you're, especially in the ocean. God, I mean, fuck that. Um, but, I mean, with this movie, for people who, even at our age or older, like, if they hadn't seen anything like this before, they're going to be freaked out by it. It's just. Definitely. Especially if you're religious. I mean, anything demonic is like a genuine fear for people who are religious. So. A lot of horror movies especially back in the time could be like over the top gimmicky but this one it just took the serious route and it worked yeah like when the mom's in the room with all the doctors and they're trying to explain and she just freaks you can understand like i've been in situations where like a parent is upset with a doctor like it's got that awkward like you just want to curl up in a ball you don't want to watch this it's just got that effect on it. But did John, did you watch the director's cut? I don't I think, know. I, I think so. I think it, you did, John. Did she go down the stairs with blood in her mouth? Yes. Okay, so you did watch that one. It's kind okay. of the, the that most successful cut at the moment right now. Yeah, is, yeah that is extended cut. Okay. 
But even expecting that to happen, like the scene, I could tell just from the outfits. I was like, oh, that's coming up. And then seeing it in context where she's like all distraught and then she looks over and it's like on top of all this bad shit that's happening. Oh, my daughter can do acrobatics and she's very flexible. <laughs> well, yeah. And she can bleed at, from the mouth at will. She's like, a contortionist. Cool. Wow. That's, you know, maybe we can yeah. use that to our advantage. <laughs> I didn't realize that that scene was cut from the theatrical movie. Like that was a yeah. deleted scene. I didn't realize so that because that's one of the most like iconic moments from The Exorcist. Is yeah, because she never leaves the room really, other yeah. than going down to the party to pee, and then and that was before everything that, got crazy. Other, other than that, we just see her in either the hospital or in her bedroom. Yeah. So, so John from uh, from twenty twenty one, watching The Exorcist for the first time from start <laughs> yep. to finish. Uh, one of the most hyped horror You're films, cultured swine. probably of all time. Yeah, and I'm trying though. Very, very relevant. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, one of the, like, the only horror films to ever be nominated for Best Picture, uh, among a lot of other Oscar nominations, and I think it won a couple as well, including Best Screenplay. Uh, so, yeah, what would you, uh, what would you give The Exorcist on a first-time watch grade? What would you, uh, first-time watch, going? especially after hearing your thoughts and actually. You know, talking about the other narratives that I, I definitely missed kind of watching this just for the first time. Um, I, I don't know. I think I think it was just an impressive piece of filmmaking overall. Just like I love the narrative of the movie and just all the elements that they throw in there. Um, set design, the production, like how it's always freezing cold when you go in that room. Like they're putting jackets on before they go do the exorcism. Like there's a genuine attention to detail thrown into this entire film. Whether the director did it in a uh, good way or not on set, it translated really well to the actual movie. I'll say first time watch. I'll go four and a half. I thought it was a really, really good movie overall. Not scary per se, but you know, it's hard. even this morning when you came up with that question, I was like, what's a movie that scared me? The Babadook. Yeah. Interesting. Nate, on your second or third rewatch, mm-hmm. what, would you, what would you give The Exorcist? Well, like I had said earlier, this movie, as well as The Shining, it took a couple watches to fully appreciate all the aspects throughout. This movie's a horror masterpiece, I will say. It's one that I will see myself continually watching now, just because I understand and all the characters and the performances. And just even though the director, he's probably a tyrant and miserable to work with. Um, they all he, are, he did on. get he did get some cool things done, did make history, and he kind of changed the game as far as horror goes. I haven't seen a movie like this, like reaction wise. Maybe Paranormal Activity had like a similar feel as Blair far Lynch. as like being scared. Dude, but... I thought that was real when I saw it the first time. I'm so stupid. I feel so stupid but... now. Yeah, but this movie just, it's got everything going for it, and it's definitely, it's not dated by any means, I don't think. Um, Great movie to watch now, and kind of changed the game as far as religious horror goes. So I'm 5 out of 5. This movie is fantastic, and I need to buy the Blu-ray, and they're expensive everywhere I look, and I'm pissed about it. Well, um, at this point, might as well just wait till a 4K release comes out at some point, because I'm sure that's coming. Completely echo pretty much all of those points. It's just a very, very disturbing and unsettling movie to get through, but it is just so exceptionally well made, just from the directing to the performances to the production design, even the sound. There's some just creepy mm-hmm. stuff that they do with the score, and they do, they do it just with like the the noises that go on just, I don't know, just fucking creepy at times. But yeah, it's just, it's definitely one of the best horror movies ever made. It's, I think, an automatic five out of five at this point because, yeah, it's just a fantastic, it's definitely fantastic horror film. Um, but it, it, it grows for- on you for sure. Yeah, because when I first watched it, I was like, eh, it's okay. It's not scary. But yeah, like every time I watch it, I do see something new and learn something more. And it was interesting also going from this Exorcist film and then also watching The Exorcist 3. Seventeen years ago, an extraordinary motion picture touched our most profound, nameless fears. Do you dare walk these steps again? The real terror is back. George C. Scott in William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist 3. So... 
The Exorcist, the original from 1973, was written by a guy named William Peter Blatty. And he won the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay over his own uh, novel. And he apparently saw what they were going to do with Exorcist 2 and was like, I don't really want any, any part of this. Kind of left the project. Warner Brothers went and made it. And yeah, it was, you know, it's got terrible reviews, 3.8 on IMDb, all that shit. And so he then went and wrote a book called Legion, which is The Exorcist 3. And he oh. wanted William Friedman to come back and direct it. And then uh, William Friedman kind of just noticed that it's like, all right, I think... I think you just want to direct this yourself. And he's like, yeah, I do. And so apparently <laughs> this is written and directed by William Peter Blatty. And he only had done one film before that. So this is kind of one of his like, his first, I mean, it's definitely his first big movie for sure. And they recasted uh, Kinderman, obviously, because the original actor died a couple of years after the release of The Exorcist. So this is played by George C. Scott, who is a uh, legend screen actor. I don't know if you guys remember the Changeling that we all watched. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, a couple of October ago, Patton, Doctor Strangelove, yeah, yeah. Changeling, the one with Angelina Jolie. No, that's another movie called the Haunted Changeling. House. Oh, um, right, we watched it on Haunted House, Changeling film from the eighties. Oh. Sorry, Bouncing right. Ball. I brought it up. I just sounds down the stairs. No, no, that's fine. Um, no, but no, it's th- not. Th- this film came out in the in nineteen ninety. Uh, it is a very much. N- it's I'd argue it's not a horror film. It's more of just a cop thriller. Um, but it's, it follows a police lieutenant, Kinderman, uh, who uncovers more than what he bargained for as uh, his investigation of a series of murders, which all have the hallmarks of a deceased Gemini serial killer. So, you know, you're following what could be the same demon as the original Exorcist, uh, but it's also some s- same characters that have different actors uh, with a cameo from someone. But it's very different than The Exorcist. So it was interesting to kind of watch that back and back. But like we all said from the beginning, it has highly regarded as one of the scariest jump scares of all time. Um, oh, my God. From Twitter. It's a good one. Uh, Nate, Exorcist 3, all this hype over the years. What did you think of this uh, This one? By the way, we should mention it's on Peacock. For all of you who want to watch The Exorcist Part 3. It was on Netflix for fucking two days. Except oh, when I went really? to go finally watch off? it, it was gone. It was oh, like, okay. remind me when it's back I on. I was that. like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, right before October, they're like, hey, days. by the way, fuck you. Yeah, they're like, oh, we made a mistake. <laughs> Delete. We saw that those movie dudes are doing The Exorcist 3 this week. Fuck you guys. Well, it's on Peacock. $10 ad free. I guess I got lucky then. I, I, I got lucky. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I was disappointed. I'll, I'll just get to it. Like, coming off of... And it's probably because I was overloaded with The Exorcist. I watched all three of them within the matter of days. It's a lot of exorcisms. Um, yeah, this one just, it didn't have enough. And I sat there and I tried to think about it and there just wasn't much memorable that happened in it that I really liked. Like, I like George C. Scott. I think he's a great actor, but there were moments where he just like yells at the top of his lungs and I'm like, you you don't need to be that loud. Just, just, just kind of relax. Oh, okay. uh, and just... <laughs> I don't know. It just I could argue Spencer, that you right. It's definitely a cop thriller drama, not horror whatsoever. I could argue that Ellen Burstyn does the very same thing and he's the male version of that. Um but yes, he does like to scream out of nowhere like especially that scene when the doctor is like badgering him. He's like shut the fuck up, which I was like thinking the same thing cuz that doctor was being fucking annoying. Just he's kind of like cliche shit. guy that yeah, that just has been through some shit and he's just ready to explode at any moment and he does get to explode a couple of times, but just every time he did it I didn't know if I wanted to laugh or like actually feel sympathy Aww. for him. <laughs> because there was a moment where they were trying to say like whether or not they're going to go public with some information they found out and he just screams and grabs his like face with his hands. And he's like the right, public right. does it now. <laughs> freaking That's the scene I was like, just dude. mentioning, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because uh, the doctor's talking and he's yeah. like, no, we can't do that. Blah, blah. No, I'm not going to let you have uh cops at every end of this building i'm not going to allow that and blah 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 and it's just like i don't care get to the demon. so right there <laughs> like you just said it it this movie's very talky it's a very dialogue driven movie and it's because it's directed by an author who wrote a book yeah. and is mm-hmm. directing that book to a movie 
So there's just a lot of dialogue. I mean, it's good. Some of it's pretty good dialogue. Uh, some of it's just kind of like, what the fuck's, what are, they, what are they talking about? Why is he talking about a fish that's like stuck in his bathroom? Uh, that was so funny. He's like, oh, my <laughs> yeah. freaking mother-in-law like, has this like, yeah. car. A catfish. <laughs> I haven't. Yeah. It was a catfish. Yeah. No, it was a car. I mean, I'll have to kill <laughs> it. The priest is just like, I think the priest laughs at one moment because he's just like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> like, he's like, I haven't bathed yeah. in days. <laughs> it's like, you're standing close to oh, me, yeah. right? It's yeah. been three days since I've taken a bath. <laughs> Smell me, yeah. If I, if I walk into that dude, I love. If I that. walk into that bathroom and I see that fish moving, I'm gonna have to kill it. Kill it. <laughs> kill that thing. What? But it's the thing. It's like, um, his mom is doing a nice thing by cooking his fucking this meal or his sister, or whatever, whoever's cooking it, and yet he's just like, I want to fucking kill it. Like I'm angry. No, well, Fuck it's not me. only does he have to deal with like murder cases and like all this brutal murder, but his fucking mother-in-law is in his house too. So I get yeah. it. And then you his know, friend gets fucking thing... brutally murdered in like the most horrific way possible. So you know, yeah, he's going exactly. through a lot. The thing is, like, <laughs> there's so many moments in this movie that just don't need to be there. Like they tried to throw in the little side plot with the daughter and like the wife and whatnot, him being home. Didn't need any of that. Stuff in the orderly. <sighs> like the thing like with the, mental the patients. The lady in the radio. I didn't, I didn't like. And the woman crawling like, on the fucking ceiling. That got me a little bit. Did I it wasn't get you? Okay, because I was like, "This is a so little silly. bit." Got me, like, bro. What's happening I was here? Fucking, I, I wasn't was, expecting that. Guys. Okay, good for you guys. Good for you guys. But right. like, but I didn't just enjoy it. <laughs> like, they, please, can this stop? It's just like it was fluorescent they, lighting. It was very lit. I'm just like, and then just like, like 1990. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, so, yeah. okay. But they tried so. to connect all these different side things, like. Oh, why was that woman on the floor when this was happening? Oh, she must have had something to do with it. Like the kid at the beginning that you see, that African-American kid on the side of the road when the credits are going. With the rose. I'm like, yeah. he's there twice. He's there twice. Well, he was a murder and... victim that Kitterman dealt with. Uh, that had a very Remember he described his, his murder case to the priest during uh, dinner? He well, he the... does, but you also see the body of that kid by the river. Yeah. So, like, it just happened. Yeah. And then, the thing with the priest, though, like, in the confession, that was actually creepy to me. When very you hear creepy. the voice, and I'm just sitting there like, what's gonna happen? Like, I didn't quite know what to expect, but they cut away from the violence. You never really get to see it. It's they do like, like the entire movie almost, yeah. And just everything in the hospital with like that doctor, um, the guy. I think he was in The Walking Dead. That yeah. doctor, uh, he played Herschel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yep. Yeah, just like he had some sort of part in this too. Like he was being everybody in that hospital was being to... somehow possessed by that guy, being like, like he was channeling 11. everybody. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. This entity was, yeah, possessing multiple people for sure, like manipulating them. Yeah. And just. I'm, I might be in the mind to allow him to police force the doctors and stuff like that. Yeah. I really yeah. like this movie. And I'd almost argue to say that I liked it more than the first one. <laughs> no way. I'm not. Uh -huh. I just. I'm yeah. fight you what, on were your, what were your thoughts not, on this, on this film? I'm kind of. I mean, I get it. Like, you got the original, The Exorcist. It's great. I agree, but I, I genuinely think that the investigation elements of this movie, maybe I just like that. I liked that more than just the, the exorcism of the, of the girl, right? There's just, there's just, I think there's more to this movie as he's just unraveling this case and trying to figure out who this Gemini killer is and kind of just trying to make connections he's to dead. it and all the different murders. You don't see them, <laughs> but the way he describes them was, was pretty unsettling. Well, you compared to the first movie, the quality level is completely different, I think. But just The Exorcist Three, I mean, like they didn't—they only called it The Exorcist Three to make money. Like the okay. director yeah. William Peter Blady wanted just to call this movie Legion. That, like that's the book title, Legion. Uh, that Which it, should he, have. Con yeah. he connected it obviously to The Exorcist, and apparently they never even had that exorcism scene that's in this third act. That wasn't the ending of the movie. They had to reshoot that because the studio was like, "No, this is The Exorcist. We need an exorcism." So that was all like reshot, but yeah, I mean, it's just a whole different movie. Especially watching the first one and going into this, it, it's very much like the first one is just a a grounded, almost documentarian level horror film, drama as well. Sure, this is just mm -hmm. fucking 
police psychological thriller almost seven like like in terms yeah. of just like the investigation stuff so yeah it definitely checks a different exactly. box uh <laughs> just with recasted yeah. characters that were in the first exorcist that have to do with the same story just uh yeah, but was george c scott's character was he supposed to be the cop he's kinderman yeah he's he's detective kinderman yep and that that's because... I didn't really understand that until I had to look it up on IMDb like midway through the movie. I'm like, wait a second, like this is Kinderman because... and Father Dyer. Yeah. yeah, there's one thing in this movie that really it threw me for a loop because they bring up this. Oh, what about the priest that figured out that the language she was speaking was English backwards, and they like got into that and with Father uh, I forget his name because he wasn't even in it until like the end. Like <laughs> that see so his inclusion was was weird because he just comes out of nowhere as uh uh the main the main detective guy is off with his daughter at that point. Um but I think the scene itself was pretty cool where he's like sl- like flung to the ceiling and like skinned alive kind of. Wait, okay, I mean, sorry, I get you're talking that? about the ex- the guy who actually the guy with the white hair that came in and did the exorcism? Yeah. Talking about that guy and how out of place it felt. Yes. Catch okay, because that was completely reshot to make the an exorcism scene like happen. Okay. Yes. Well, so you so, nailed it yeah. on the head. That was a completely reshot scene because yeah, the scene with him just in his room and the the, the thing falls on the ground. And the thing like, falls. Blood on the eye, and he picks it up and it cuts to like, a whole different scene. I'm like, well, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> what was the point of that scene? Because they tried to tie it into like, yeah, oh, that. his like, I, if I remember correctly, something like he had a family member that was able to help figure out that, oh, she's not, she's speaking English, but she's speaking backwards. And so we need to get a hold of this priest because he knows something. And I'm like, in the movie, in the first movie, that guy, you don't even see the front of his face. You just see the back of his head and go, no, he's speaking English. It's just in reverse. And so that right there, I'm sitting there and my, energy for the movie just kind of deflated i'm like did you who guys, is this guy did you guys like, feel like the, the uh point? with karis i think the guy who falls down the stairs in the first movie how they yes how they kind of connect the entity to like oh i climbed into his body like right as he was leaving and then it took me 15 years to fully take control and that's when these murders are happening right i like that because yeah, at the end of the first to, movie sure. he's not dead his, okay. his hands are moving. He's not dead. Okay, okay. exactly. Because that, that father gotcha. goes, uh, "Do you want to confess one last time?" And right. he like yeah, squeezes yeah. his hand, kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, and that's Father Dyer. So right. he was from the first movie, and exactly. he's in the third one. Well, so so the, I thought that was a good character. That's why I think the connections like, they make are are actually really cool. Like I didn't I didn't feel like it was tacked on. Maybe the exorcism itself that they do was a little bit just like out of nowhere but the whole storyline like all the dialogue scenes with him talking to the detective like all of that i thought was really interesting because right. it is a, there's well, a lot there for me because in. it was different actors it just took me a second and i mean it, should, it shouldn't have because it's called the exorcist 3 i mean if this was called legion i definitely would have been really confused but because yeah. it's all different actors <laughs> but uh the connective tissue for me as well was uh remembering that they like oh you go to the pictures like oh is it go see a movie together and then they go and see fucking it's a wonderful life together and like they're talking about it and they're walking out of the theater afterwards like oh yeah like they're the yeah, same characters makes... just different actors so i was like okay and see i didn't even okay i didn't even sorry i didn't even connect that until now well so like... i had to go to imdb and look it up for myself because i'm like this is gonna drive me nuts if i can't figure this out um and th- yeah i mean now, they had that I... relationship that was seemed kind of it was nice. Imagine in the movie how confused sure I am. I've died. seen these first two. I've seen these movies once. I still have no yeah. idea what you guys are fucking talking about. I'm trying so, to. So John, really... imagine. Remember at the end of the first movie when they go out to see the movie? Yeah. Those are the two characters at the beginning of the Exorcist three, like the two that oh, okay. go to see It's a Wonderful Life. They go out and he dinner. like yeah. Knowing that now. I want to rewatch the third one because I was totally lost. I'm like, who is this cop? What connection does he have? Yep. Father Dyer. I thought that he was sounds a new familiar. The whole movie. Well, yeah, the, uh, same. Yeah, yeah that's his name. So but I, I didn't. He, I don't remember hearing the cop's name in the first one, so that's why it threw yep. me off. It's, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, and he also doesn't. Like, George, George C. Scott. I mean, he looks very different from the original. Kind of, doesn't Lee have J. the mustache God. as well. Yeah. So I mean, like. 
Well, uh, isn't he not really a central character in the first movie? It's more about not really. Paris, He's a definitely then... supporting role. He comes in just to kind of ask questions to like the yeah, fathers. So and, it's not uh, even like essential. Yeah, it's to not me. too essential, yeah. but there is that connective uh, to the first story. So I mean, you could go off that. But for me, I mean, this movie was. I'm kind of in the boat that this movie was just kind of a mixed bag. Like I definitely, in the terms of the quality, it's it's not that well made as compared to the first one for sure but it is they do some interesting stuff with the story because i mean it is made by an author who is adapting his own material and he's passionate about it for sure i mean there's definitely some a lot of monologues that go on for a long time that are pretty intense because everything with brad dorf who is the voice of chucky who plays the gemini killer I mean, all he does is just sit in a bed in, like, a straitjacket. But all of his monologues are just yell. so fucking crazy and intense. And I was like, I mean, anytime he was on screen, I thought it was pretty electrifying. Like, I was like, this is... This I is took him... Cool. I, like, I, I think with with some movies, it'd be easy to laugh at those. But he was terrifying. You know? Like, yeah. everything about him. And I loved how, like, when he would stop talking, he's like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to go to sleep. He would turn into the other actor. Yeah, because it, it the actual well, it's like they're taking turns he, taking over his body. Yeah, just right. It's like when he's quiet that for all those cool. years, he's Karis. Great performance. Right. But yeah. and but the, with Brad Dourif, apparently his dialogue, if you like look at it to a T, it explains the whole situation. It's just in a real metaphorical like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it feels like a doomsday type speech. Like all oh, this he is, is like talking happen. in circles the entire time, just to kind of throw the viewer off. And even, even the cop is like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Because like it, the camera will be stuck on the I keep I don't I can't remember anybody's names, dude. The 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 guy, Kinderman, the crazy guy, the detective. Yeah, it, well, it's it's stuck on the 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 crazy dude who's in the straight the Gemini killer. For like, him, yeah, the Gemini killer for yeah, it's a Brad Dourif. Yeah, and he's yeah. It maybe cuts back to Kinderman like twice during during those scenes, mm-hmm. and it's just like like Spencer said, electrifying because he <laughs> really does moment, take though. over the room. What are you gonna we're say? Like, <laughs> so there's one moment where uh, he's doing his monologue and he screams, he's like, "Look at me!" And the cuts to George C. Scott. Like I'm here. He just has like a, such a silly reaction. <laughs> <laughs> like, there were some close-ups of there. Like, was like, he sleeping? Like, what the fuck was he doing? <laughs> there were some close-ups of like, at least in the the dinner. The di- they're like at lunch or something, and the the server. I felt bad for the waitress because like there he just learned some like horrifying news about how that that kid got killed, and she's like, "Do you want some? Oh, coffee? do you want more and coffee?" They both just are like, "Fuck off!" No. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's yeah. some weird close-ups of his eyes, and it's just like kind of. It's just a little much for me. Finding out that those two characters are the ones from the first one, I might rewatch this tomorrow. Just because I want to see if knowing that going in, I'll understand the story more. I mean, the whole third act did get a little much for me. Like, I definitely was like, this wasn't needed. But they definitely went there because they, they had to with The Exorcist 3 as their title. But just, yeah. there was, because the whole movie, they cut away from all of the gore. It's always just cut to just random establishing shots like as someone screams uh well, cause the so killers like the nurse people as well so i feel like yeah, they don't really have the means but, to make that look good and you <laughs> could tell that was the intention i think when they made the original cut or something like that because then all of a sudden with this priest exorcist guy he gets thrown up to the ceiling and then all this skin just like falls off and then he peels and it was disturbing gory stuff and he falls on the floor and it's like the only moment of like pure body horror and gore in the yeah, film yeah. it's like oh god that was kind of out of nowhere because yeah they do they cut away from every single fucking kill what did you, from in what did you think of the because he does some like dream sequences with these like, entire set pieces the one that's like in purgatory where there's oh, all the angels oh when jason stuff. miller's coming up out of the ground they those weird cameos, on the cross. Dude. well they had a fabio cameo yeah i saw them like wait a minute yeah. who is that well, as the like, angel why is fabio in this samuel jackson was the blind man he that, they, that was him okay it was samuel jackson yep uh and patrick ewing larry king he... also was in this movie was in it? one scene <laughs> i saw that <laughs> Like yep. he just like is sitting at a table cool. and he takes a check or something. I don't know. I don't remember what he does, but he's just literally for like one scene. He just has these random fucking cameos. It's like, what is going on here? What are they doing? I noticed that watching it too because I recognized his face. I'm like, is that Larry King? I'm Larry King. Just but like Patrick Ewing was in it. He was like a basketball, a young guy. 
Yeah, like, he was just sitting there, just in, like, a hospital gown or something. Michael Jordan in it, too, and, like, Larry Bird and all those guys. Yes, he plays... He plays Michael Jordan's actually the one with the shears that like goes after oh, that nurse. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Speaking of the shears, but, the jump scare was when he runs out of that room in like the white gown with the shears. No, yeah, yeah. So that was of. the most. Yeah, that was highly regarded as one of the scariest jump scares of all time because that shot lingers for a couple minutes. They only punch in two or three times. There was that fake out when she like op- kind of slowly opens the door and the patient was in the bed into the patient's like, room <laughs> he just like kind of pops yeah, out yeah. Like, ah, and she runs away goes back to the counter and there was that one mo- one shot where she's like looking over the counter at the door they kind of punch in on her but other than that it's that wide shot in the hallway for like three to four minutes and then she closes the door walks away and the second she turns around just they have that white gown comes out with the shears and then the pretty spooky with the high zoom pitch. on the lens that just uh. zooms straight in and then uh yeah, the high pitch cut to the headless uh, Jesus Christ statue. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, How I mean, did you find this day, John? I knew it was coming because I had seen this. Clip I didn't know it was coming uh, many but times, I so knew like, something was going to happen. Something okay. I knew something had to happen because there was so much buildup in that scene. Like the cops are leaving the room. Like they're like, "Hey, let's go get a coffee," and then it's like, "Okay, that's really shitty timing." Your security guard. Yeah. Um, it's too casual. Too casual yeah. for something to not happen. But, and I think that's a big disappointment. Like, if I watched this in 1990, I probably would have screamed. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but now I was weird. just like, oh, it's coming. It's cool, though. Like, it, that's probably, for me, one of the highlight scenes, just because at the time you wouldn't expect it. And so it was just well, that's the thing, kind of inventive. This, this whole movie is it's a lot of investigation buildup. Like, and it's a lot of talking about what has happened that we're not seeing. And I think... When it comes to the end, yes, maybe it was tacked on, but they I think it was justified because they needed to give you a big set piece to actually feel like everything else that you just sat through pays off. I guess so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I'm just I hear it worked it. for yeah. me. Well. I don't know. It worked for me. I'm just glad that Father Karis got his end. Like his story got a pretty fitting end and I was I was happy about that when you just see his tombstone with his name and stuff. Yeah. I was just like, okay, well, I'm cute. glad that his storyline got settled. Um, yeah, but and actually, poor... the stuff with Pazuzu and was cool. Like, oh, I jumped into this body and I'm making them do this. It's like, not bad. Just, I felt like it was 15, 20 minutes too long. Some of the scenes could have been it was an hour cut and down minutes. as far as dialogue. Yeah, it was like 15 yeah. minutes shorter than the original Exorcist, but that just goes to show you how much better quality the first exorcist is with directing and editing uh this one was Mm -hmm. you could tell i mean it was made by an author who just liked uh, a lot of dialogue and he was good at making you know compelling dialogue and he made a very interesting story i just think they should have called it legion and i know that they uh tried to have a director's cut i think it came out in 2017 and it was just called legion and it has a different ending and has some different material in it uh, hmm. So I'll be curious to check that one out because obviously that's the director's and author of the original Exorcist. That's his like true vision. But uh, before I grade it, uh, John, you seemed kind of high on this film, so uh, yeah. why don't you go ahead and cap it with a with a little nice grade? I can understand your reservations about it. I mean, now that I, I've kind of heard your point of views, and you know, you're you're a little closer to the original film, so I understand. But I, I think watching these back to back, it's it, it's almost a perfect pairing. <laughs> Now it feels stupid now when I say this, but I mean, for me, it really worked. I, I thought that watching this one's 15 years later, they're trying to make all these connections. Like, I love all the the investigation elements. And I actually thought that, uh, what's his name? George C. Scott. George C. Scott, George C. Scott was great. I loved him. I really did. I didn't think he was over the top or anything. Like, he he was when he had to be, but I really liked the character. And I think they use the... Like the the scary scenes, the crazy set pieces in moderation in this movie. They don't overdo it, and I think that they work for the most part. Some of them were weird, like with the snakes and stuff. Like that was interesting. In the whole floor splits and rises. Yeah, but up I was like, the... wow! Like the lightning's coming yeah. down, breaking the floor apart. I'm like, yeah. I I, for, I thought he was that was gonna send uh, the Karis character to hell. I'm like, okay, he's going to hell now. Not the case. It was just like he was fucking with the with the human characters, which was really interesting, but. 
I don't know. For yeah. me, there was enough there that I was thoroughly entertained. And after I finished it, I was like, wow, was that better than the first one? I'll kill you. Maybe I'll come to Florida with... right now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I won't come out and say that because I really need to see the first one again if I'm going to say that. But I really liked it. So I will I will give it a four out of five. In that oh, case. so you're going to give it half a grade less than the original, even though yeah. you say that you might like this one more. So yeah, but what's a definitive Make up your damn mind. I'm going to give it a four out of five. <laughs> Four to five. five. But in terms of entertainment value, which is a whole separate scale for me, I might say it's more entertaining than the first. There you go. Okay. I actually, I mean, no, I I liked this movie. I thought it was good. I was entertained by it. I just definitely, it was weird going from The Exorcist, which is, yeah, such a masterpiece of filmmaking and horror in general, to going to this one, which is like a... very much a cop thriller seven type movie uh just with uh some same characters and stuff like that so it was a, it was still a little different but it was still like i mean merit it was to the film i enjoyed watching it for sure yeah it, it, it had some interesting stuff going on i just uh i didn't i didn't love it but I, I can get it to fresh i can get it to three out of five i thought it was a good movie but uh i could also maybe use a, a rewatch maybe to see if i picked up on some some stuff I missed. maybe next year who knows Maybe next year, yeah. Maybe next maybe not, though. Probably not. Well, I'm going to match Spencer's three out of five, but knowing those characters are the same as from the first movie, I'm definitely going to rewatch this because not knowing that going in, I was just following these characters that, in my mind, had no attachment to the first one. And so all the stuff that's happening is just, like, irrelevant, almost. Just a lot of talking going to the crime scenes and not even getting to see the aftermath um, and just being told like, Oh yeah. The Gemini killer was known for people thought he cut off this finger, but he actually cut off this finger. And that's what that means. And I'm like, they kind of tease you, right? They they tease you at the crime scene because they'll like lift up the robe a little bit and then you don't get to see anything. And then they're like, next scene. (laughs) So, or he picks up the cloth and he like makes a grimacing face. It's like, I want to make that face, <laughs> but yeah, um, like I'll go three out of five. I'm definitely going to rewatch this, but I would also say you guys should check out The Heretic just because it fits in there somewhere and it's not the greatest, but just because it, it could help maybe tie some other the Heretic. things together. This is, this is, when did this one come out? The Exorcist 2. Oh, that came out three... One. Four years after the first one. Got you. Okay. Whereas the third one came out, what, 17 years later? 1990. <laughs> yeah, 1973. Yeah. Yeah, no. But yeah. It, it held my attention and it had its parts. But I hate to say that I think the jump scare, knowing that ahead of time, was like, oh, that, that was, was the part that I was waiting for. Yeah. I wish I didn't know that. I'm really glad I liked bold movies because it would have been really disappointing if I just saw The Exorcist. I was like, eh. Well, that hype meant nothing because it ended up being great. Well, if great. this it can happen. anything, the I mean, heretic yeah. can happen. I gave the heretic a two and a half. If that says anything, I'll probably yeah, love I'm it. Definitely. I mean, let's be real at this I'll point. Watch it. <laughs> I wonder if we'll ever uh, see these characters on screen again, though, like Alan Burstyn, and you know, I wonder if uh, I think she John Reagan Blumhouse might uh, pick it up. Or oh, Whoa. what's what's this? What's going on here? Universal oh. and Peacock. <laughs> what? Wow. Wait okay, a so minute. There's going to be an Exorcist trilogy directed by David Gordon Green, also starring oh, no. Leslie Odom Jr. as the father of a possessed child who seeks the aid of Bernstein's Exorcist character. Okay, mother. Why does he want her help? Oh. Because she dealt with it. Why? In the past, went through maybe. it. So why they are officially they in production touch. of the Exorcist uh, 2023 directed oh, by David God. Gordon Green. And, and starring has Alan Burstyn and Blumhouse has it, Jason Blum. So we will see these characters again on Mainstream Boy. Well, yeah, so yeah, Exorcist and Exorcist 3. I think this was a good double feature. Good way to kick off Spooktober uh, number three because we've done this for three years now. Oh, wow, I feel um, old. But uh, we have another week of Spooktober, another week of movies going with a different type of horror vibe with this, if you even want to call them horror movies. Uh, but they they match the Spooktober title. So I don't even know what we're watching. I don't even know. Exactly. This is a, this is a surprise to me. Watching. Nate decided to pick these two films. I was like, go for it. And we're doing it. So, Nate, what are we doing? Oh, my God. So I went with 
1990 film with Kevin Bacon in it. <gasps> Bacon. Cop Tremors. Car? Nope. Tremors. Tremors. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I've always a wanted to see that. A monster movie. Have you seen a little... No. John, though, have you seen this? No, no, I have not. Um, okay. But okay. is this because Dune's coming out? Because isn't it like a, about a monster in the no. sand or something? The sandworm, but no, it's not. It has nothing to do with Dune. Well, I know it's yeah, not no. something to do with Dune, but it's just a similar idea. No. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm trying so to make connections. Be... That's the show. <laughs> That's the point. So that'll be Tremors <laughs> as the first film. Cool. And then we're going a little, uh, I think we're going to Norway for the next one, or Sweden. Uh, we're watching Troll Hunter. What? The another f- little monster movie about people who hunt these giant trolls. When did this come out? That this came out in like 2010. 2010. Oh, uh, all right. Andre Overload or something like that is the director. He did. Uh, yeah, some weird. The last Autopsy name. of Jane Doe, and he also did Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. So I mean, this movie oh, blew him up like in his that. career. But this is I've heard, I've heard this movie's a found footage mockumentary, so it's got a different style to it. Dude, so is it going to be a, like that Lake Mungo fucking movie? I don't think it's going to be like Lake Mungo, but um, this is more of a creature feature Spooktober episode. Sure a little scary are. sometimes. We all watch The Host. Um, that wasn't scary, though. <laughs> no, it was funny. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Uh, cool. Watch horror movies. Bye. <laughs> well, that's it? Okay, and make sure to check out Mainstream Boys <laughs> every single month, Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. You heard the man himself. Make sure you check out Mainstream Boys. It's the weekly podcast that you can find on the Those Movie Dudes podcast feed. But it's John and I. We break down the new release films of the week. And because it's Spooktober, we're watching horror movies that get released. So we are talking about VHS 94 on the podcast this week. And then we also have Halloween Kills coming up next week. So we have a lot of great horror content coming up on Mainstream Boys, as well as just the Those Movie Dudes Spooktober. So yeah, like I said, horror movies all month long. So buckle up, get used to it. If you're not a horror fan, I'm sorry. You're going to have to find a different podcast to listen to for the next two and a half weeks. Then you can come back in November where we talk about some more boring oscar bait stuff so um yes thank you so much for listening subscribe on the uh, podcast feeds follow us at those movie dudes on instagram all that fun stuff thank you for listening i'm a little ducky to listen